0: Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Good evening, everybody. How are you guys doing? That's awesome. Welcome, especially welcome to everyone that's here for the very first time. Um, we we really, it's a privilege to be in the presence of God. It's really a privilege to be able to be in a place where we can say. And uh, we have a relationship with Jesus. And um, yeah, my prayer tonight is that you, you will all just have an encounter with the Lord Jesus. You know, whether you knew, whether you've been here a while, that you will really just experience His presence um, tonight. Yeah, this, this, this morning in the, in the first and second services, we, we had such a powerful time hearing about the peace of God and what Jesus has done in the lives of people. So that it can deal with what we are, hap- what we are experiencing in our world. And, uh, but before we go on, I really just wanted to share a testimony um, that happened a couple of weeks ago. And then also just a prophetic word. I really sense there's someone here, you're struggling with migraines. You're struggling with migraines, a lot of headache and also chronic pain. So if you're here, we want to pray for you after the service. So please come. And just uh, receive some prayer for that. God is going to set you free. And uh, yeah, just a lot of anxiety that God's going to break tonight. You know, no matter where you are at, that God's going to remove that thing from you. Amen. Amen. So let's just pray as we get into the Word. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your Word does not return empty, but that it transforms our lives, Lord God. That it is the truth that sets us free, Lord God. And Father, thank you that tonight is going to be no different, Lord God, that your truth is going to open our eyes, Lord, that we may be able to live the lives that you have called us to live, Lord, that we may be able to enjoy everything that Jesus Christ has already paid for. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So the past few weeks, we've been doing a series called The Kingdom Culture, and uh, The first week we we spoke about the importance of kingdoms and how all the realms and every, every habitation, whether seen or unseen, consists in kingdoms. And how kingdoms are influencing our lives and our families and our communities and our workplaces. And the second week, we spoke about your royal identity, who you are in Christ, and the importance of understanding that if you are born of God, that has severe, that it has serious implications on how you live your life, because it gives you access to certain things that other people don't have. Amen? I mean, I don't know how many of you have children, but the way the liberty that your children have in the house is different from those who are not. And it is so critical that you understand who you are in Christ, your royal identity in Christ, so that you're able to live out fully what Christ has called you for. Many people have an identity as a Christian. It's, a, it's almost like a number when the census people come from, is it City of Vintook? Ministry of NSA. Statistics. <laughs> National Statistics Agency. When they come and they ask you uh, religion, then people are Christian. And you put this. And Christian means my parents were Christian. Or it means I go to church every now and then. But Christian has far greater implications than just what you tick on the form at the, at the statistic census. And so we spoke about that. The messages are online. You can get it. The next week, we spoke about the kingdom of violence. And we spoke about how the kingdoms that exist are in a clash with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of light, and all other kingdoms outside it are kingdoms of darkness. And these kingdoms are not passive kingdoms. These are kingdoms that are exerting and encroaching their effect. And we spoke about the reality of evil, the importance of you understanding that the devil is not just a caricature made up by, by, by literature of the past, but it is an actual personality that is after your life and your destiny. And if not yours, your children's, and if not your children's, your spouses or your friends, that guy is after everything. And as we begin to share, we were sharing from the Word of God the importance of discerning what the enemy is doing in your life and how to overcome his power in your life. Most people have an understanding when they think of Satan, it's either they brush him off or they have some kind of fear or they have some kind of weird belief. But the Word of God gives us a certain disposition we need to have in relation with the enemy. Tell your neighbor, kingdoms. Which one are you in? And it is so important. We had, we had so many people last week coming to church and people recommitting their lives and, and coming to Christ because they understand that you have to choose. It's not a matter of sitting on the fence. Either Jesus said, either you are for me or you are against me. You can't be halfway. You can't say, I'm the buffet Christian. I have a little bit of Jesus, a little bit of Muhammad, a little bit of Krishna, a little bit of Buddha, a little bit of yoga, a little bit of Africanism, a little bit of me. Amen? You can't be a buffet Christian. No, no. You have to choose. And this is not because God is imposing it on you. It is because it is the healthiest route. All other roads lead to destruction. Amen? And so, today we're speaking about the kingdom of peace. And uh, just for the record, we have some images up there. And sometimes we have images that are supposed to portray Jesus. But this is not how Jesus looks like. (laughs) Just by the way, you know. Just by the way. It's just actors that are... Anyway. (laughs) Awesome. And so... The kingdom of peace. And uh, this is, this is a, a, a fundamental part of the kingdom of God. The word of God says the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. So judging what do you eat, what do you drink and all of that. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. One third of the kingdom of God is peace. One third of the kingdom of God in your life is peace that needs to permeate your heart. And tonight we're going to share from the Word of God concerning how you get this peace, how you begin to live in it. We've got so many people that don't have peace. Many of us have compromised with the life of of lacking peace until we acquire certain things. Then I'll have peace. And you've been going for 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years without any peace. And the fundamental beginning of peace is finding Jesus. We live in a world that is full of turmoil. You switch on the television, you open the newspaper, you hear the cry of humanity for peace. You hear of wars, you hear of pestilences and diseases, you hear of infectious diseases, you hear of how the earth is, is just having all sorts of natural disasters, you hear of people going through Difficulties in their marriages, broken families. This is what you hear every single day. And you almost have to live in a war zone. How will you not be without peace living in such a world? And you look around, you might know people that are going through trial and tribulation. They're going through crisis in their lives. And it is the human condition. You see that little girl on the picture from a a nation in Syria where there's war. Where everything that we take for granted is snatched away. Our world is in turmoil. And Jesus prophesied that it is going to get worse. He said when you hear of rumors of wars and when you hear of all sorts of pestilence, it's only the beginning of the birth pains. I haven't given birth, but the beginning is apparently quite bad. (laughs) The beginning of the birth pains, right? And then it begins to intensify. And it is so important looking into your future as much as you're planning for bliss and you're planning for utopia that you prepare yourself For peace in the store. Peace in the midst of everything that's taking place. Amen. And the word of God shows us that Jesus dealt with the disciples specifically on the night that he was going to be crucified. This is the man that they put all of their hope on. They left their businesses. They left their fishing quotas. They left everything. (laughs) For, for Jesus. They left all of that mother and father to follow this man who had hope for the world. He was the answer. They left everything and now they're at the threshold of the crucifixion of Jesus. And Jesus on the night he's betrayed, he tells them this. He says to them, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world gives, I, and do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. You ask yourself, if Jesus told you, don't be troubled, don't be afraid. In the midst of a time when your world is falling apart, what will you say to him? Lord, you don't understand. You are the Lord, that's why you don't understand. But Jesus was incarnated to experience our experiences. And he tells us that there is a peace that he gives that allows you not to be troubled. And he says, you are the one who is supposed to let not your heart be troubled. The pastor cannot let you, let not your heart be troubled for you. (laughs) Your friend cannot let not your heart be troubled for you. Your spouse, your friends. Nobody can let not your heart be troubled for you. I know it's not grammatically correct, but for emphasis. Except you. When crisis hits, you almost have to say, stop the fear. Stop the fear. And it says, do not be afraid. Why? Because of the peace that he leaves. And he says, my peace I give to you. Many people have different perceptions of what peace is. Many people have a perception that when you've got peace, it's dependent on all the circumstances in your life first working out. You look around yourself, and if you're in a war-torn country, this peace seems to not be relevant to you. If you're going through a difficulty in your relationship, in your marriage, it seems like this peace, what difference will it make if my world is falling apart. And many people have a notion of peace that is based on the eastern practices of meditation. Inner peace. So you you get in the lotus position at at sunset outside where there's a breeze. <laughs> and you begin to meditate and empty your mind. Om, om. Empty. And then you say inner, inner, inner peace. Inner. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) It's true, Shelter, inner peace. But that kind of inner peace does not last. And when you're emptying your mind like that, that's when the enemy uses the gap to begin to fill it with all sorts of things that are inconsistent with God's plan for your life. Amen? So Jesus is the one that gives this peace. Caroline was just sharing, Pastor Caroline was just sharing here scripture, prophesied 1,500 years before Jesus was born. And it speaks about how unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. We read it usually during Christmas. And it says that he shall be called the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the prince of peace. The prince of peace. And then it says of the increase of his government and Peace. There will be no end. So the peace that God gives you needs to begin to increase. It's an increasing peace. Amen. It's not a peace that I have peace today and tomorrow that peace is gone. It's a kind of peace that I've got peace today and that peace tomorrow is increasing. And by next week that peace is increasing and increasing and increasing and increasing increasing till you have perfect peace. The scripture says, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord. There is a way to have perfect peace in the midst of a perfect storm. And in the middle of it all, you might be living around people that say, no, you are in denial, Elton. How can you be so calm? Can't you see what is happening? Can't you hear What the economy is doing. Can't you see what they have said they will do to us? Peace that surpasses all understanding. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 says, He himself is our peace. And it is important that you realize this peace has a threefold effect. It is peace that begins to bring peace between you and God. Which you can only get if you're born again, if you're saved, if you receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And then there is a peace between you and your fellow man. And then, meaning, if there are people you need to forgive. If there are people that have harmed you. If there are people that have offended you. This peace causes you to begin to release them and begin to forgive them. In the same way that God has forgiven you, this peace, you begin to have this peace here. And then the third peace that you get is inner peace. Peace with yourself. You know, some of us are not happy with ourselves. This is so true. Some of us are not satisfied and content and at peace with ourselves. We have something that tells us all the time, you should have been this. Why are you not like that? You should have had that. And most of the time, we compare ourselves with the Joneses or the Angulas in Namibia. (laughs) Right? You compare yourself with your neighbor. And on the basis of that, you determine whether you have peace with yourself. But God has come, He has sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Prince of Peace. And on the night of His birth, on the night of His birth, there were a multitude of angels coming on the earth. And they were singing to shepherds saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill towards men. When Jesus was born the very same night, peace came with the package. So therefore, if the enemy is telling you, don't worry, you are living in a crazy world. That's why you don't have peace. It's okay. It's all right. no, Don't buy that garbage. Refuse to live without peace. Because Jesus Christ has gone through terrible experiences in order to bring you peace. It says in John 20 verse 21, when he greeted his disciples after conquering the grave, he said, Peace. Be with you. And the Catholic says, and also with you. <laughs> right? And this is important. This is so key. We, we live in a generation where depression is common. It's common. And if you're struggling with depression, God has a way out for you. Whether it be imbalances of the, chemi- of the chemistry, or whether it be because your mind is just in a bind. Amen? Oppression, the prophecy says, oppression shall be far from you. And if anyone harms you, it shall not be me. This is what God says. And so it's so critical that tonight, guys, you live here with the goods. Amen? Don't just come, you sang the songs, you gave the offering even, (laughs) but you live without peace. Oh, man. (laughs) No. Tonight, we are trusting God that there's going to be a shift in your life. There's just going to be this peace, you know. I remember this morning as we were listening to the message, just having, you know, when you have this like, (sighs) you know, just this sigh of relief, you know. It happens when you hear good news. It happens when you hear good In the midst of trial and tribulation and violence, we need good news today. We need good news today. Sure. It was C.S. Lewis. He's a writer, friend of, is it J.R. Tolkien? Yes. The one who wrote The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they were friends with C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis for a long time was being... Being invited by J.R. Tolkien to come to Christ. He said that he was the most rebellious conversion. He came kicking and screaming into the gate. I'm not coming. Kicking and screaming. And he says, God can, cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself. Because it is not there. There is no such thing. If you think of peace and God and Jesus is not in the picture, it is not peace. It is the, the, the calm before the storm. <laughs> it is not genuine peace. Peace is a person. He himself is our peace. Christ Jesus is made unto us peace. You know that song that we were singing while we were, for those of us who were in, 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 in the children's church or in, what do you call it? Sunday school. That's right. I've got peace like a river in my soul, in my soul. For many of us, that's just a nice song. <laughs> that peace is not like a river. It's more like an oil spill. <laughs> I've got peace like an oil spill in my soul. But Jesus is genuinely, 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 genuinely the personification of peace. And he begins to introduce that peace into our lives, into our relationships, into everything that we do. No matter where we are, into everything that we do. This is the definition of peace according to the Strong's Concordance. Now the Strong's Concordance is like a dictionary in Greek and Hebrew for those who are Bible scholars. So you want to see a a Bible word, its meaning, you go to that and you can find it online as well. The Jews, the Hebrews call peace shalom. Have you heard them say shalom? And then you say shalom. Shalom (laughs) Alechim. And uh, this shalom word is very, very loaded compared to how we know peace. It's not just this, ah, peace. Mm -mm. Shalom means completeness. It means wholeness. Body, soul and spirit. It means health. It means peace. That is like the peace where there's no war. And then there's welfare. Doing well. It means safety and soundness. It means tranquility. It means prosperity. Some of us in this economy are saying, I need that peace. I need that kind of... (laughs) I need that dollar sign peace. Prosperity... And perfection, and fullness, and rest, and harmony, and the absence of agitation, or discord. This is what it means to have shalom inside of you. And it is so important that this shalom begins to manifest itself. What use is it if you have peace with you, but you never get to experience it? And many times this has been the story and the testimony of many believers. They know what the word says is available for them. But to experience it, it's a fracra. The other, the other Sunday, I think it was about two Sundays ago or three Sundays ago in the morning service, where we had uh, a word of knowledge. Now a word of knowledge is where you get, you know something that the Holy Spirit is showing you. And You don't know how you know it, but God is just showing you information that you didn't know before. And I had a word that somebody went to the doctor, and it was quick. At the end of the service, someone went to the doctor, and the doctor gave you a bad report. The doctor gave you a bad report, bad news, come, let's pray for you. So the lady came afterwards, and she said she went for a procedure to have something removed from her body. And then when they removed it, they said that it's actually cancerous. And there were remnants inside. So the doctor said that you have cancer. We need to do some more checks. We need to, 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 to get you in for analysis. And she came the morning. In her heart the, the whole week she was thinking, Oh God, you know, this means death. This means the end. And so she said, Lord, give me a word. Give me a word. Speak to me. And this is what Jesus said, peace. I give to you. His words bring that peace. And he said to her, on church, when you get to church on Sunday, somebody will give you a word, and that word will carry you. Imagine she stayed at home that day. <laughs> Amen. Tell her neighbor, come to church. It will save your life. <laughs> And so she came on the, on the Sunday morning, we, we gave a word of knowledge it was for her. She came and then we laid hands on her, we prayed for her and said, receive your healing. She, she got slain in the spirit here and then she went home. She had so much peace, she stopped praying about the situation. And then when it was time to meet the doctor, they went to check the test and the doctor couldn't understand where is the cancer. Wow. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. Amen. The Lord Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If He was doing miracles then, and we are worshiping Him here, He will do the same for you. Amen. It doesn't matter what your situation might be. We serve a God of miracles. A God that does miracles today, and we have seen it with our own eyes like this. Amen. All right, and so it's so important that we realize that there's peace that God is sending. Many times, the peace of the world is based, like we said, on the external activities. We've seen the sign going around Peace, my brother. Yeah? And it's just a sign. There's aspirations for world peace, peace in the Middle East, and all of that. It's all based on treaties and agreements. But uh, the peace that is of God. It's not just that you won't have necessarily storms coming into your life, but that you'll have peace in the middle of the storms. Many people have an understanding that if I come to Christ, all my storms will stop coming. No, 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 no. no, no. We, We were sharing during one of our series concerning the Word of God, right? And we spoke about the fact that when you've got the Word of God in your life, it's like a man who built his house on the rock. And then it says, the storms come. And when the storms come, what happens to the house that's built on the rock? It stands. No problem. But what happens if you build your house on sand and the storm comes? Problem. Major leaks, flash floods, etc., etc. Amen? Imagine your house is well built, fortified, and the storm comes. Where are you? Inside. Inside. Mm-hmm, cooking, putting on your favorite show on TV, enjoying. What relevance is the storm to you? I mean, it can go... You'll just be, hey, I'm glad I have a strong house. Amen. <laughs> hey, and this is your responsibility. It says if you take the words of Jesus and you begin to apply them in your life, you are like a man that built his house on the rock. You are building a house that will be able to withstand every storm. Withstand every storm. The disciples were in the middle of a storm. I want us to read here Matthew chapter 8 verse 24. Just turn with me if you've got your Bible or your Bible app. Matthew 8, verse 24. We'll start here with verse 23. It says, Then Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. And suddenly... How many of you, you've had a suddenly crisis coming in? Everything was fine. (laughs) And then suddenly, out of nowhere... A furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. And then it says, but Jesus was sleeping. The waves sweeping over the boat. I don't know what kind of boat this is. But if water is coming in, if it's this kind of boat, where where is Jesus sleeping? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's getting wet and he's just like... "Mm -hmm." (laughs) And he's just enjoying his sleep. I know some of us we are like that. You know? <laughs> when the alarm goes off, you don't wake up. They have to shake you. Speaking in tongues, shake you and uh, wake up. And Jesus is in a boat and he is sleeping in the middle of the storm. And verse 25 says the disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. <laughs> Another version says another uh, another part of the of the gospel says don't you care that we are dying how can you sleep while we are dying amen and many times when we're going through a storm this is the kind of prayer oh god where are you are you sleeping don't you care that i'm in a storm amen and this is, this is definitely the right thing for the disciples to go to Jesus. When you're in a storm, go to Jesus. Wake him up, <laughs> whether he's sleeping or Inconvenience, go to him. There is no other answer for the storms that we face in life. Jesus is the answer. Amen? And then it says, in verse 26, he replied, You of little faith why are you so afraid i'm sure he woke up and he's still like you of little faith (laughs) why where is your faith almost like he's asking where is your faith if i am here where did you put your faith did you put your faith on this boat Did you put your faith in your fishing skills and in your swimming ability? Because if you put your faith in those kind of things, when the storm comes, then it's going to be like, Lord, I'm going to drown. But if you put your faith on the one who is unshakable, the one who is the rock of ages, the one who has been there from the beginning and will be there in the end, if you put your faith in Jesus, you will never be put to shame. Amen? And this is the difficulty that sometimes we are so led by our five senses. We are so persuaded by what we see, by what we hear, by what we taste, by what the bank account is saying. You go to the ATM in faith, and then the balance says minus 42. (laughs) And you are led so much by what you see and what you hear, rather than what the word of the Lord is to you. I don't know what you're facing this night. I don't know what it is that you're trusting God for. And many people here, in your heart, you've set yourself upon things that fade. Tonight, I want to encourage you and say, put your trust in Jesus. He says, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. And the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? It's the kind of man that you want in your boat. (laughs) That's the kind of man that he is. That's the kind of man that you want in your family, in your workplace, in your, in your marriage, with your children, with your friendships, with your work, with your business. This is the kind of person that you want as your senior partner of your business, of your relationship. Not just the one you park there at the back room. Like Jesus is in the granny flat. <laughs> we live in the main house. Jesus is in the granny flat. No. He must live in the main house with you. Amen. He's the one that rebukes the storms. And so it is really, really the key that we see here. If our lives represent the boat, and everyone that is involved with our lives represent the disciples, Jesus needs to be in the center of your life. In the center of your life. I was, I was studying the word the one, the one time and reading about when Jesus was crucified. And I remember that he was praying the night that he was crucified. He was praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And he was praying and praying and praying and asked his friends to come with him to pray. And something amazing happened. As he was praying, it says that the heaviness of the moment was so intense that he started to sweat blood. This is the son of God that knows peace. He is sent from heaven. He has never been under this kind of stress and anxiety. To the point where you begin to sweat blood. And they say it's actually a medical condition. When you are under so much pressure and intensity that the capillaries around your head begin to burst. And Jesus was not there carrying stress for himself. He was doing everything that he did for you and me. He was only here for you and me. So every time Jesus sweated a drop of blood, you must not any longer sweat drops of blood in your life. Wherever you are, let the peace of God reach you tonight. It says that God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The godly for the ungodly. That Jesus laid his life down for us. He gave himself for us. I want to leave us with four keys to finding peace tonight. And there are certain scriptures that you should write down just to take home with you. Make a note on your phone. This is really the practical side. Number one, trust God completely. Matthew 25 says, Matthew 6:25 says, if you worry, can you add anything to your life by worrying? Even small things that are important, like what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? The Word of God tells us, don't worry about these kind of things. In fact, tomorrow will have its own worries. Let tomorrow take care of itself. You have to put your trust in God. Proverbs 3:5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. And then number two, pray and hand over things to God. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, The peace of God. Be anxious. It says be anxious for nothing. (laughs) It almost sounds unreasonable. These things were written when there was not economic downturn. That's why they said that. Uh, Paul is writing this from prison. He's writing this from prison, and he says, Be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and requests to God. Make your requests known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will protect your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So how do you get the peace of God to enter the situation and begin to protect your heart, protect your mind? You give it to the Lord. Be anxious. Refuse to be anxious for anything. Amen? Then speak peace to the storm and to your soul. It is so important. In Psalm 42, David says, My soul, why are you downcast? And then he says, let's praise God. And he he speaks to himself and says, Don't worry. Don't worry. Sometimes you have to tell your own heart, I'm not going to (laughs) worry. I'm not going to worry. I refuse to be, I refuse to be anxious. I refuse to be, I refuse to be perturbed. Even when you heard the news fresh. You heard the news fresh. You are just coming from the situation. <laughs> right? You, you can even say to yourself, I'm not even going to cry. <laughs> because I know that God is going to change it around. And then number four, abound in thanksgiving. Amen. Philippians 4 says, with thanksgiving, making petitions and requests to God with thanksgiving in your heart. There's something amazing about thanksgiving. It makes you realize what you do have. Because many times we're always looking for the next thing. And we're not realizing that, look, I'm healthy. Look, I've got people who are around me. Look, I'm sitting in the family of God. Look, I'm sitting in a nation where there's no war. I'm not a refugee in Germany. And, and it is so important that daily you count your blessings. Name them one. That, make a list. Because some of us have uh, amnesia. We have, uh, what do you call it? Huh? Thanksgiving amnesia. I mean, I gave you money yesterday to bless you. Yeah. You don't remember, Lord, no one is blessing me. <laughs> nothing is going, <great. laughs> nothing. No, I, you know, uh. And it is so important that you write it down and you say, no, I, thank God I've got a job. If I don't have a job, thank God that I've got health. Yeah. Thank, God that I've got, thank God that I went to university. Thank God. Many of us, you know, there's a statistic that says, if you look at how much you earn compared to the rest of the world, we are actually in the top 1% of the world. If you've got an extra $10 in your pocket, top 1% of the world. And yet we are the generation that complains the most. The most. And it's just the enemy's way to steal our peace and leave us desperate in a place where we think we've got nothing. In conclusion, Colossians 3 verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace. This means, don't just let the peace of God be there. I'm at peace. <laughs> Let the peace of God dominate your heart. Make sure make sure that your, the peace of God is actually influencing to the outside. Be the kind of person that no matter what crisis people are going through, if they call you, if they call you on the phone, they live with a great peace in their hearts. When you walk into a place that you walk in, and if there's turmoil, peace has walked in. Amen. And so tonight, I really want to pray for us. Let's stand. I don't know where, you're, where you are tonight, but I want to pray for people that feel like you're in a crisis situation right now. And you really need the peace of God to step in and begin to bring, bring that change and transformation in your life. And I also want to pray for people, you, you worry, that's your thing. You worry for yourself and for others. <laughs> you worry, that's your thing. I'm just being real. I'm just being real type of attitude. And, you are, and we want God to really change that. So if you fit in any of those categories, just lift your hands so that we will pray together wherever you are. Elabasanta namasanta. Just lift your hands if that's you. Just want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray right now in the name of Jesus for a change in the lives of people tonight, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that no matter what kind of storm they are in, Lord, that they are able to have peace in the storm, Lord. And it it doesn't have to make sense, Lord. It doesn't have to make sense, but that this peace will pass understanding, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that the, the peace of Jesus Christ will begin to enter this situation in Jesus' name and begin to give them new words to say. That it will begin to give them new ideas, begin to give them new imaginations concerning the situation. That they will not just see a negative outcome, but that they will begin to see a positive outcome because Jesus is in the midst of my storm. Father, I pray for every single person that is anxious and full of anxiety, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that that will begin to stop tonight in Jesus' name. I pray for people who are having nightmares, Lord God. People that can't sleep well at night, Lord God. Because they have no peace in their hearts, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that that will change tonight in the name of Jesus. Your word says you give your beloved sweet sleep, Lord. We pray, God, that tonight your Holy Spirit will begin to touch them right where they are in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I hear the Lord saying that some of us here tonight, you need to make peace with somebody in your life. There's somebody you need to forgive, and it's been stealing your peace. And I hear God saying, forgive them as I have forgiven you. If you forgive them, you will see the great peace that you will begin to experience in your life. Let the peace of Christ rule in you and let that rulership lead you to repentance. Let it lead you to, to forgive that person in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. With our eyes closed, I just want to give an opportunity. If you're here tonight and you might have gone to church before, but you've never made a, a, a special decision to follow Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. To receive Him, to be born again, to receive a new life in Christ. And tonight you hear and you're hearing this about Jesus. You're hearing about how He brings peace and how He is able to make you right before God. I want to give you an opportunity to pray tonight and receive Jesus Christ. So if you're here tonight and that's you, just raise your hand. We want to pray for you. We want to minister to you. If you're here and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and your Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you're moving in our midst, Lord God. We thank you that your peace is going to follow us home, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that something will be different starting this week, Lord God. For those of us who have been living lives of compromise, Lord, I pray for change tonight, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, from today, something will be new in our lives, Lord. Father, I pray, I pray peace over every storm, Lord God, represented tonight, Lord God. And I thank you that as we leave, and will have a blessed time, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.